And welcome back to another episode of What Do We Know with Hari and Jim. I am Jim Flanagan, joined as always by my cardigan-clad co-host, Hari Rao. Hari, how are you, buddy? Very good. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. This is uh, this is our first recording back after the new year. We took a little break, uh, so thanks everyone for sticking with us, giving us a couple weeks off. Uh, we let Hari out of the editing room for a little bit to go spend some time with some family. Uh, joined as always in the People of Comedy Network studios by the one and only James Webb. James, what up, boys, how we doing today? Good man. How are you guys? I'm good. How are the holidays? You a little under the weather? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is. A little stuffy? I, I'm not, I don't have a cold. Yeah. But I am stuffy. Same boat. Yeah. Same team here. A little stuffed that up. That time of year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. We have a great episode. We have uh, a wonderful guest, one of my friends, a uh, very funny stand-up comedian, Jack Baker, is going to be joining us in a little bit to talk about digital marketing. We'll come back to that in a moment. First of all, Happy New Year, fellas. Uh, I think it's, uh, we had, did you enjoy your time off, Harry? I did. I enjoyed it very much. How about you? Yeah, nice time. Thank you for asking. <laughs> what if, so rigidly. I had, a, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. It sounds like it. So what did you how was your what did you do for New Year's? Uh, I had a show in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, I had a show in Kenosha, Wisconsin. All right, show off. So. Um <laughs> <Why is that? laughs> Okay, I don't know. Um that's great. And was it fun? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Good. I was mine was simple. We were done by ten o'clock and uh easy. Where oh. did you do your toast? Myself and a very funny comic named Johnny Beaner were doing a show at a hotel in Madison, and it was like this whole evening package. So it was like dinner, and then comedy show, and then bands, and so, and then everyone stayed. It, you're, it's people who go to a hotel in the city they live in, basically, which is fine. I mean, but it's not like, you know, it's a hundred couples, and then Johnny and I. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it was just, but it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. The show was great. Um, what about you? Something happened, uh, and the, so there was two shows, mm-hmm. and it was an 8 p.m., and then it was supposed to be a 9.30, but the first show ran so late. Yeah, because shows go 90 minutes. So the show ran so late that we actually ended up doing New Year's as part of the show at the end of it, but that wasn't, like, set up. It wasn't really built into the program, so what ended up happening is um, we just got on stage and did a countdown. But nobody's phones is counting down seconds. <laughs> so, like, we waited till it said midnight and then start at 10, 9, 8. Nobody <laughs> just lied to a room full of people. Oh, that's great. Um, I did a very fun thing uh, over the holidays that I want to tell you guys about. Uh, I got to see Harry's band play at Lincoln Hall, and it was the most incredible night of my life. Uh, Thank you. Very I can't much. stop thinking. It was it was the most fun. Um, I was hanging out with Jonathan Armour, who was a guest um, on our podcast before from the Peckish Pig. Yep. Um, Yannick from the Peckish Pig, a bunch of your friends, and. Um, the band was great. I had never, I had never, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, you guys sold out Lincoln Hall. Everyone there, like Harry, is a rock star. We're just like hanging out backstage at Lincoln Hall, um, and and everyone knows Harry. He takes off the cardigan and glasses and trades them for a dragon jacket, <laughs> and is the life of the it, like. It, it, the band is called I Fight Dragons. We've talked about them several times. They're kind enough to let us use their one of their songs as our theme song, whether they know it or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one member knows about okay, it. Okay, good, good. And uh, but I've never, you know, I'd never, I, I mean, I've listened to your music. Um, I, I was never a chip tune fan before, probably because I'd never heard of it um, until I found until I found you guys. Um, but it was 
these are the most rabid fans. Like everyone knew every word to every song. There was a wedding proposal in the middle of the show. They stopped the concert for a guy to say to his then girlfriend and say, will you fight dragons with me for the rest of our lives? <laughs> Which was the cheesiest thing I've ever seen, and I absolutely loved it. But they were, they've were they been waiting for you guys to reunite so he could propose on stage at an I Fight Dragon show. Oh, that couple's great. Will Sexy Tan, he's one of our oldest I'm fans. Sorry? He and his wife, Melissa, the now wife, Melissa. Yeah, his, we call, he, he goes by Will Sexy. He's a doctor too, just like he's not Dr. Will Sexy Tan. <laughs> Dr. Will Se- I wonder if that's how they page him. <laughs> <laughs> Please report to the ER, Dr. Will Sexy Tan. Um, one of the things, uh, th- so the band, you know, everyone's at their microphone, but Harry's the bass player. And so Harry gets to explore the stage a little bit, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um, James, I sent you a video. Do you by chance, do you have a video? Okay. I would really like to uh, I'd like to diagram this a little bit because I think and I want to put this out there on social media for people to be able to see this. Harry, you're like this quiet, buttoned up fellow everywhere I see you, either doing a podcast or when you're doing stand up. You just nervously pace the back of the room and you go up there and you don't move and you talk into a microphone. And then I saw this absolute different side of you. Uh, I want to talk about it. What happens when you when you start when you grab that bass guitar? Man, it's just something about music. I mean, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but, you know, I just feel that beat, you know, and, and, and it took me a while of playing performing live to get comfortable. And once I did, I mean, I love moving around plus when you move around it hides all of your uh, mistakes as a musician fair people are paying less attention yeah. to what you're playing because you're just rocking out i, I mean, wore a hat for years because i was so nervous on stage wearing the hat gave me something to hide behind okay and uh hats off buddy <laughs> <laughs> we have harry unbuttoned look at this we've got it up on our screens here in the people at comedy network studios harry is just jamming out he is all so over the hot. stage you became Dr. Harry Sexy Rao at that moment, <laughs> I think is what happened in the in the midst of this clip. You are like you are the lifeblood. You are the most fun part of the show, just watching you weave in and out. You're like back to back guitar playing with people. Like <laughs> what happens? And then we leave the show and you're like, Hey man, that was fun. Like you went back to you <laughs> immediately. Like, do you feel a different energy? It's just when I'm on stage. It's, it's only on there. I've choreographed a few moves with the band, actually. I don't know if you've noticed some synchronized like guitar swaying. No, but I but, uh, get it. <laughs> was I a... don't think you do anything without thinking about it ahead of time, so <laughs> it makes a lot of sense that you've choreographed the whole thing. <laughs> I have a hard enough time going from doing stand-up comedy. Like, you know, I, I, just, I did Zanies uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned that Jim performed at eight sold-out shows in a Calm row. Calm down, it was nine. Um, nine. <laughs> Eight with McGann, uh, who's wonderful, Pat McGann, and one with P- Michael Palasek, who's also awesome. It was incredible. But, I mean, I have a hard enough time going from, like, standing on stage telling jokes to going back to my day job. You, like, get off stage <laughs> as this cool dude bass player, take off the jacket, put back on the glasses and the cardigan, and go back to accounting the next day like it's not a big deal. I like the contrast of things, though. <laughs> Um, I wanted to take a moment to just say uh, happy birthday to actor Bradley Cooper. God damn it. Why are you still doing this bit? (laughs) (laughs) Is this going to be a running thing? (laughs) Well, I was wondering, why is it that when you Google a celebrity's name, the first thing that comes up is either what their net worth is 
or who their wife or spouse is. Well, I mean, what else do you need to know about them? I think that's just a weird You already thing know who they are, right? If you're Googling Bradley Cooper, it's not to go, hmm, I wonder who that guy is. I, want, I know I want to know who his wife is. Like, <laughs> who's his hot wife? Does it always, doesn't it say, like, the, the the person's name and then their spouse? Isn't that always, like, the second thing? Yeah, because up. you want to know who they're banging, right? <laughs> like, isn't that, it's human nature. There's a reason you want to know how much they're worth and who they're banging. That's the only two things the that people care things. about with celebrities. Huh. I uh, I used to work with a very nice young woman who got married to an NHL player, and and um, everything. Like if you look him up, the first thing that comes up is her. Yeah, see that guy. Like, that's gotta suck for like like have all these accomplishments, but it's like yeah, the hot wife's all people care about. But yeah, that's it. So who's uh, who's Bradley Cooper banging? Do we get do we get to that? No, I just I just got that he's forty five years old. So <laughs> good. We're keeping all this in. All right, good. Um, all right, I'm going to make a quick announcement on the show, if you don't mind. I'm going to be recording my debut album at Zany's in Rosemont the 6th and 7th of March. So I'm really excited. Uh, people want to come on out for that. You can get your tickets at zanies.com. That's awesome. Uh, we might as well use this to plug some stuff. I'm pretty excited to do it. It's probably long overdue. Uh, I've been doing this a long time without ever recording anything. So I really want to get something out there. And we really want to pack the house. So if uh, people are available, um, zanies.com for tickets. We're going to be, by the time this episode comes out, uh, the It'll be like April. <laughs> That's a great point uh, from the guy editing the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, thanks to everyone who came out to the recording. I just wanted to say that real quick. Thanks to everyone who came out to my recording that's in two months. Appreciate you being there. No, um, check it out, zanies.com. We really want to fill the room. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, please. I don't know. I feel weird plugging stuff. No, I will be own. there. I'm excited, man. That's awesome. great. I'm looking really forward great. to it. James is going to be involved uh, as well. So we're uh, the whole crew is going to be there. We're going to have a great guest today. So here, this is a very intriguing topic to me when we talk about digital marketing. Um, and I realized it, like, it sounds weird as a topic, but I think it's really important. Everyone is affected by search engine stuff, right? Search engine optimization, the weird ads that you get on your phone if you've talked about something, you know? Right. Uh, anyone who runs a business or anyone who is an Instagram model, like, like all these walks of life need to know how to market better. Um, particularly two guys who run a podcast who have no idea about marketing. So this uh, Still trying to figure out Reddit. Yeah, no shit. I only use Reddit for one thing, and uh, it is not advertising a podcast. So, <laughs> and, and maybe our guests could even tell us why uh, celebrities' wives are the second thing that come up when you search their <laughs> name. I'd like to cut out the Reddit <laughs> joke I just made, so if you wouldn't mind... <laughs> I'm going to protest that. <laughs> I know that in, Hari. I know so little about Reddit, I didn't know it was a joke ah, until you just well. said it. <laughs> I still have to explain to you what a premium Snapchat account is. Uh, <laughs> a question that you very specifically asked me, so you can tell that we are not fantastic at using social media as a team. I'm afraid to look at people's stories now. Stories are fine. I, stories, I didn't are know. Fine. <laughs> stories are fine. I don't oh ever do God. stories, and I didn't know that people can tell who looked at them. Not that I'm looking at them to be weird or anything. Sure, but you're just looking. You're just looking, but you know, you don't necessarily want to announce things to the world. That you're looking at <laughs> stories? <laughs> I just scroll through, and I think people think I care about them a lot. Like, I care about their story a lot more than I do, because I just, just hit the button. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even really paying attention to it. So some people are like, this guy watches all of my stories, and I just, it's mindless. I don't even mean to. But you texted me. <laughs> and we're like, hey, man, can people know that you've looked at their stories? And I how go, many yep, times? They know. And he goes, do they know how many times you've looked at it? 
<laughs> like that's a different question. Uh, I don't think they can, but that's great. I'm really excited for a guest. I've dabbled in digital marketing at work, but I really am so stupid about it. I think especially for our podcast and a lot of people out there running their own thing. I mean, this is it's critical to know mm -hmm. about digital marketing or have money to hire somebody who can do it for you. But also a failed point. <laughs> Two things we're working on right now. But a lot of times when you're at the startup level, you got to do it yourself. And so I think that we're going to learn a lot. I'm really excited about it. I think you're right. We're going to learn a lot today. So we'll be right back with our guest, Jack Baker. We're back with our guest expert, Jack Baker, to talk digital marketing. Let's start with our first segment, Three Questions, where Jack asks us three questions about the topic to test our knowledge. And we'll come back to it at the end with our segment, Three Answers. Jack Baker, question number one. What are the five most popular search engines in the world? Ooh. Well, I only know two. Yeah. So. Google. Bing. Bing. Alibaba. Is that one? And then... Uh, Pied Piper. That might be a TV show. Dogpile was one I used to use <laughs> really? back in the, yeah, dog, like early, to late 90s, early 2000s. I would love to know that like Costa Rica is keeping Ask Jeeves alive. You know what I mean? Like, like the fifth biggest one is something ridiculous that like, you know, they just use in other places still that we don't. Well, I know there's a, a big one in China that I can't think of the name of. I guess it's like the Chinese oh, Google. Oh, yeah, I guess it could be right? all over Which, the, the world. Yeah. It's all the World Wide Web, Harry. That's the first W of the three W's is world. <laughs> you thought we just had it here? <laughs> like, I guess it could be all over the world now. So let's let's have one answer. Google for sure. Google, Bing. Bing. Um, I'm, I think Alibaba is one. I, that's a that's a place where you go trade stuff and buy things. But all okay, right. we'll say Alibaba. Let's slide. Okay. Dogpile. <laughs> Dogpile. And then the Chinese one I can't remember. Let's, let's see how many we get right. Okay. Because I don't think we nailed all five. Ask Jeeves. If Did Ask you? Jeeves is on there, I'm going to be pissed. If Ask Jeeves is there and Dogpile isn't, you're off the podcast. <laughs> all right, Jack, question number two. What are Penguin, Panda, and Hummingbird? All right. Well, Panda is a song by designer. <laughs> um, I got hoes that land up. Panda, 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 Panda. Um, Harry, what's Hummingbird? I, I want to say that it's like uh, Crawlers. You get you you put <laughs> these crawlers, hummingbird crawler, and it searches through people's hard drives and brings back information. I'm just talking wow. right off the cuff. Okay, here. <laughs> all right. And what was the third one? What is black hat SEO? No, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh. Real quick, what was the third? Panda, hummingbird, and penguin. Penguin. All different kinds of crawlers. <laughs> <laughs> what are crawlers? Jack, they just crawl through internet searches, searching for like words, and then they <laughs> spiders. They're like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> internets. All right. Yeah, I think you got this one. Hummingbirds. Um, <laughs> these are SEO terms, correct? Yeah. This is how they're like they're used as SEO yeah. terms. So, I mean, you you have a better chance of being right than me. Why? Because um, I'm brown? <laughs> no, because you, <laughs> an you answered a legitimate answer versus me doing a designer song that very quickly faded in popularity back in 2014. Uh, so this is completely unnecessary. So... I'm going to say <laughs> penguin is organic search. And people just call organic searching penguin? Shut up. I'm and, go penguin today. <laughs> and panda is a designer song. And hummingbird, no, panda would be uh, paid search. And hummingbird would be crawlers. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number three. <laughs> Riding my coattails. <laughs> sure. Uh, what is black hat SEO? 
What is black hat SEO? James looks like he knows the answer to some of these, and I do not. Harry, what is black hat SEO? I'm going to say that's some kind of dark web stuff. Yeah, we're well, looking for the real weird stuff. <laughs> you want to get some like weird porn or something. Yeah, gotta... those premium Snapchats. All right. <laughs> I'm cutting this whole episode. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you might be right. I think black hat SEO is, might be some illegal, uh, like like doing some unsavory things. You can search, search stuff safely without the risk of it like... Uh, you know, like, where can I find methamphetamine around me? And you can find it using black hat. All right. I, uh, I'm going to disagree. I think <laughs> it's using unsavory methods. So, like, for example, there's a website called uh, Rap Genius that I might go to a lot to look up rap lyrics. And uh, they got <laughs> – you think I just knew Panda off the top of my head? Uh, they, got <laughs> they got busted a few years back for – like doing illegal things to boost their optimization. You know what I mean? And and yeah, they did. And, really? and and they got like like Google got real mad at them and they were on like page 7 for a while. Like they had to build their way back up organically. What so, illegal thing can you do to I boost your man. Oh, like creating loops and stuff yeah. so that you can like uh uh, like appear to have more hits than yeah. I'm really just stretching here. Nah, like, none of us know. That's why we have <laughs> Jack Baker in the building. We're going to come back and get the answers to those later in the program in our segment three answers. Uh, we're thrilled Jack Baker is here to join us and teach us all about digital marketing. Jack, before we get into that, we use the term expert very loosely on this program. But what makes you an expert in digital marketing? Uh, I got my first job in digital marketing at a uh, web agency in 2012. And then so from there, I've worked for uh, full-service advertising agencies for six years. And then I've been in-house doing all the digital marketing for a uh, college for the last two years. Good enough for us. Um, first of all, digital marketing, let's break it down. Can okay. we do that first? Yeah. What, what entails digital marketing? I mean, there's a lot of different stuff going on. But the big things would be like search engine marketing, which mm-hmm. would involve both the organic search and paid search. Uh, we can talk more about the, what the difference is between those if you don't know, but then there's uh, social media, uh, content marketing, and then email, and then video was the big thing in 2018, 2019, until people learned that Facebook was just inflating their stats and lying to all the advertisers. Really? Yeah, they've been paying out big uh, penalties for like the last year. Oh my. Because all their metrics, I mean, well, all their metrics were bullshit, but the secret to digital marketing is that most of the metrics are just complete bullshit. There's no way just to, really, to begin with. Yeah, there's no way to really know, right? Yeah, See, it, that's maybe that's why we've done some paid Facebook ads, and we would get <laughs> these random <laughs> comments that are just like, "Does this have anything to do with anything we're talking yeah, no. about?" Or? No, that most of the time that's just bots. Yeah. So if you get a random, uh, po- just like a random comment that doesn't make any sense, it would be like great content or something weird that's like sort of right, <laughs> but then sort of like obviously someone who doesn't know how to speak English, like mm-hmm. that's not their first language. Good radio program. But it's important to know this. <laughs> it's important to know because you're paying for that engagement, right? I mean, yeah. that's the whole thing. So let's start with search engine and we'll work our way into social media if that works for yeah, you. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, Obviously, SEM and SEO are buzzwords for corporations and things like that. And, and But there's a different, there's a paid search and an organic search. Yeah, so really, just like real quick, I think it might be helpful to just kind of talk really generally with how search engines work. It would help explain like what SEO is uh, really simply. Because like search engines, basically when you search for something, uh, Google looks at that query and then they find all of the content on the internet that's related to that particular term, and then they rank them in order of like relevance and quality. And so what, so so right, so if you search for- (laughs) 
Bradley Cooper as an exactly. example. Exactly. <laughs> they'll find all the content about Bradley Cooper, and then they'll rank those results. And that's kind of how you start to get the search results page, which is like what you see, you know, what Google shows you after you search for something. It's interesting you say quality because isn't that more of a subjective thing than objective like if you say you know you could have a word populated a bunch of times and that's like mathematically you would think okay this is the most important thing yeah but like in terms of how the quality of that word on somebody's website in terms of quality they have a lot of like metrics that they can look at like they can tell how how good your website is based on like the number of other people that are linking to your website okay. or how much wow. time readers spend on your website okay. or how much time they spend talking about your website on social media or in other things. And so like it is so advanced. People would probably be terrified if they knew like really what Google like was capable of doing just all with like AI and automated processes. I can't even imagine. And like I'm excited because like, oh, I have to type in Bradley Cooper wife. I just type in Bradley Cooper <laughs> and it automatically comes up. But they're like they're using this for evil like this. They can control the world with all of this. They know what we're thinking. They know what we want. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And especially now with all those like Google Home things or whatever they're called with people just like they're just listening to you all the time <laughs> and just saving that information about you. Well, no. that's how they know that Harry's always going, I wonder what Bradley Cooper's wife looks like. Because you <laughs> say it at home a lot. Well, that's that's really, that's why that's such, that shows up there. That just mm -hmm. means that that's like the second or third most common thing that people are searching for. Sure. So about Bradley Cooper. Like in terms of why things are ranked the way they are, is it just an aggregation of, of everybody's searches? Um, yeah, that's definitely part of it. But then it's also based on your personal uh, history with Google as well. Like the cookies that you have on your computer, like your search history, your location plays a big part in terms of what results you get. And so there's like, there's so many different factors that go into it, but for the most part with like those auto suggest things, which is I think what you're talking about yeah. where you yeah. search Bradley Cooper and then wife, that would be, that's a lot of the time what people are searching for. It's fascinating that you, how much your location plays into it. And oh as, yeah. As Google searches websites for relevancy and uh, like references, is that technology called spiders? Am I on to so, anything with that term? <laughs> you were, you were pretty close. I th in we, start we in starting. The question, but no, I, so it. I think some people call it spiders. Some people call it crawlers. That's probably what's more common. But basically, they just have uh, like automated programs that will just crawl the entire internet all the time so they just like start at one web page and they go click on every single link on that web page and they follow all of those links and yeah, they just do that across the entire internet which okay. is how they find all of the information right that's for how the they engine. right that's how they know what you know to put into their um like the search results and then what they do is they kind of categorize that based on topics and so whenever you search for, like, Bradley Cooper, they pull up all of the content that's about mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper and then start to organize that based on what they think you were, uh, what your intent was with that search. So if we, on our website, uh, podcastwdwk.com. <laughs> Good one. Um, if we had just put a page where we just typed best podcast ever, like, a thousand times on that, like, why... Why would that not fool Google? Because they're so much smarter than they used to be. Like, that <laughs> might have worked in, like, 2010. Okay. And that's, like, back in the day, that was, like, a big part of what SEO was. Would people would do all kinds of stuff like that, where they would just stuff, like, popular keywords, which mm -hmm. are just kind of like the phrases that people sure. use when they search. And they would just stuff those in different parts of their website. Like, one big thing that people used to do was they used to add a bunch of text in the footer and then 
put that text as oh. the same font color as the background of the footer so it wouldn't be visible to an actual person, but wow. Google would crawl it and they would read that. And so that was a way to kind of game Google into ranking your website higher. So what we should do <laughs> is put pictures of Bradley Cooper's girlfriend on our website. Will that get us more traffic? Uh, only if those <laughs> pictures. Pretty only if those pictures you have proper alt tags on them. Oh, all right. So mm-hmm. with also that would pro- probably cause problems with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we gotta figure out. His I have situation. no idea if he's married. By the I way, I think Lady Gaga broke them up. Was the rumor? <laughs> oh, is that? I don't know. Okay. I, I wish there was a place we could look that up. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> wish we had access to that information <laughs> anywhere. I feel like the theme of this podcast is turning turn, turning to celebrity gossip. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the Wendy Williams Show <laughs> with our guest Jack Baker. <laughs> How do people use search engine optimization? Then? So what's really more important is there used to be a lot of stuff that you would do with keywords and kind of try and match you know, what you were writing about uh, to what the popular things that people were searching for. But Google's gotten so advanced that really in 2020 you should just be focusing on uh, writing like for users. So think about what your users would want and then write to that like they can really tell when something's good and when something's not good so what you should be doing is focusing on making your website like as easy to navigate as possible okay so um you should have uh in addition to that it needs to load quickly Mm -hmm. like if it doesn't load instantly you're done Mm -hmm. like uh, so many people will just go back and google can tell that and then they're like oh something's wrong with this page we're not going to put that one up as high bounce rate is one of the big things which is just the people that you know leave instantly without like looking or clicking on anything else on your web page so that's how that's i mean that's how they can measure quality like if you're spending a good amount of time on that page and you're scrolling around and you're clicking on stuff that means that you're engaged in that piece of content is something that readers are finding value in i'm also seeing though that a lot more pages are just a continuous scroll yeah. So you're not actually clicking on things. Is that a positive? Even though you're not, like, it's still the time spent metric is way up, but you don't have to actually click to get there. Is that better or worse? And those are usually called, like, one-page websites, mm-hmm. I think, what you're talking about. And sometimes there will be links that will just send you to, like, different sections on the page. Right. And, yeah, and there are definitely some, you know, SEO benefits to that because you've got, really what you're looking for is you're looking for having, like, a lot of content that is really useful for users that's kind of organized in a way that's easy uh, to navigate and that's built with like links internally to make it easy for people to get around and find you know information about like a specific topic and so one page websites if you are like a small business or something that can be a really good way uh, to do that and for Hmm. you to go just because you're probably not going to be able to I mean there's some special considerations Mm -hmm. that you have to do to make sure that like each of those sections is searchable okay um, but yeah, that's that can be like a really good way uh, to make something that's really easy uh, for users, especially because there's less like pages that need to load and things like that. You're not clicking around to different uh, different like pages. You're staying all on one page, but it's just kind of using maybe some like JavaScript to redirect you to different sections. Is there some uh, language? strategy you can use to optimize your SEO <laughs> and your website. Like on YouTube, I just finally put up a YouTube to house some clips. Yeah, boy. And you'd be surprised how many Hari Rao's there are <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Actually, Hari Rao is like Ben Johnson, really. <laughs> That's and if, crazy. And if you search Hari Rao on YouTube right now, I am like way, way down there. So in terms of like uh, optimizing your website, do you want to do you want to be careful about the language you use? Before you answer that, let me just say that I just typed in Hari Rao comedy on YouTube. 
and I have a lot of options. So <laughs> if you don't shape up, <laughs> I can get rid of you for any of the other Harry Rao comedies that are out there. YouTube has its own search engine. So that's something to think about in terms of you have to optimize your own YouTube channel and your YouTube videos for search. And so the way you, that you would do that would be to like a, write a really detailed, good channel description and write a really good detailed video description for each video that you have up there. So that's really the big thing. I mean, there's some other things with like submitting a uh, transcript. That's one thing that people do to get um, like to optimize their YouTube mm -hmm. videos. And so that would be like the big thing would submitting be just really. Submitting transcripts? Can you explain yeah. a little bit? So you just submit all the text that's in the video because it helps uh, with accessibility and things like that. That's kind of a big direction that. Uh, Google and like SEO is going is making sure that your website is uh, accessible mm -hmm. to people you know with disabilities so that it's accessible by like a screen reader or something like that which is uh, something that uh, blind users use to navigate the website it allows mm -hmm. them to just get around with just clicking and so it kind of like reads it to them and they're able to click and navigate through it just with the keyboard Wow and so that's like one thing if you uh, if you have your website set up to do that it's one thing that can help you in terms of you know ranking higher in the search engines and you said that YouTube has its own search engine and I feel like that might go back to that that earlier question that we're gonna come back to later what are the top five search engines? because you know what I mean G YouTube is so big that could be one of those answers and YouTube is owned by Google right it is owned by Google but they do have their own separate their search the search on YouTube works uh, very differently than the search on Google because people are searching for different kinds of things. And the other big thing that we never touched on was links back mm -hmm. in the day because links are still like the most valuable metric in terms of SEO. So if you can get someone uh, to link to your website or like your blog or whatever you have, um, that's that's really good. And that's kind of like one way. Google basically is like, oh, that place is like voting for you is having a good piece of content. Now, oh. if you if you created a separate website, created 10 pages, and then each page links to your other one that you care about. Is that a way to game it, or is that also, like... That was in 2010. Okay. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's what people used to do. That was, like, a big thing was there were these, like, uh, Russian link farms where they would just create all the kinds Russians. of... Man, they have link farms? I mean, it would just be because they're really uh, cheap workers who know, have, like, some basic HTML, but they would just, like, churn out really shitty link websites <laughs> that people would pay to have their website hosted on, and then they would, like, link to them. And then so it was one way to kind of trick Google, but that has not worked in a very long time. But one big thing that we had to do when I first started in 2012, that was after uh, Google's Penguin algorithm update, which was kind of like the first way where Google started to crack down on those kind of link schemes. And so we had to pull up lists. This is like my first actual job in digital marketing was pulling up the list of every website that would like link to one of my competitors or one of my clients because they had um, a penalty that was assessed by Google because they were caught doing one of these link schemes. Really? And so I had to go to every single one of these <laughs> websites and try and contact them and get them to take that link down. Oh, that had to be simple. Oh, yeah. And it was all these, like, weird Russian websites. I saw some <laughs> fucked up things on there. I can wow. only imagine. It was it was not fun, but that was, that was like, my, the first job I ever actually had, like, did in digital marketing was trying to uh, do backlink audits is what they were called and trying to get these links taken down. You also mentioned that um, video has been huge in 2018, 2019 for engagement. <laughs> Do you expect that trend to continue? Um, I, I think it partially. I think it just depends on 
who your audience is that you're trying to market to. Mm -hmm. And so that was really what everyone was pushing was video because they were like, everyone watches video. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but most of the time they're just like scrolling through Facebook and it pops up and they probably don't have the volume on. Sure. And so it's like how much engagement are they actually getting? And that's where Facebook got caught was they were basically telling people that uh, they were like telling advertisers that people were watching and engaging with their videos much more than they actually were. Like if they just scrolled by, were they counting that? Yeah, they were counting That's like, awesome. I think they were counting that three seconds. No they were basically counting like people who watched the video for three seconds as, ha as having counted watched oh, the man. whole video. And so people, I mean, this like destroyed the news industry because every newspaper uh, like changed, they all pivoted to video and everything was trying to get videos instead of like blogs and actual like articles that people could read and then they realized that no, actually, people weren't really watching wow. those videos like that. Facebook was lying, and so all and kinds of people paying. lost their jobs. And they're yeah. paying for clicks, and right, yeah, you're paying for engagement. And then if you're not really getting the <laughs> engagement, man, Zuckerberg just does what he <laughs> wants. That's crazy. Well, that's the weird gamble with all of this. Is that, I mean, nobody really knows how these algorithms work. Right. You're sort of just you know throwing your money into a black hole and hoping that you know the results are what they are. You know, I've, I've, I did a little bit of uh, paid ads, like paid search ads mm -hmm. uh, with the company I work for. You know, you pick some keywords. They hope that, you know, you don't yeah. know, like, why this costs what. Yeah, right. You know, what's the market for what something right. costs well, per click? See, but there are good ways that you can figure out what you should be spending. I mean, that's actually, like, my main area of expertise would be what's called pay-per-click, which is the paid search ads mm -hmm. uh, that you were just talking about. And you can really figure out how much you should be spending because you need to think about the value of one customer to you. Sure. So what is ever, whatever is that worth and then you just need to get your uh, cost per acquisition which is the CPA mm -hmm. you need to get that down to where it's actually going to be profitable to you based on the lifetime value of a customer. Makes sense. Otherwise and so no point doing I, mean, it. I work at a school now and so people it, we promote we're trying to do new student recruitment so it's a little bit different than like if you're an e-commerce store where you're just trying to get people to buy products right because then you know you need to think about your cost and your overhead and you have to be pretty competitive in terms of how uh, you're bidding and pretty careful with those things because they're all an auction i don't know how much we want to get into in that is it really yeah it's an auction that's how they display those ads that makes sense because i know it's very supply and demand based like a few years back i worked for a company that did a lot of you know online sales and everything was based on the cost per acquisition right and cost per lead and during the 2016 election it was the most expensive <laughs> it's ever been oh it was like we just stopped advertising it was, for a while you know what i mean just like because we can't you can't afford it because it's it's all supply and demand it was right? it was awful the tw yeah. 2016 election i'm sure 2020 is yeah. going to be just as bad i'm ho i was working for uh, an agency then and all of our clients numbers were going to shit and they were like why is that well it's like because everyone's just talking about sure hillary and trump that's it that's the only thing that people are talking about on the internet can you do me a quick favor and give me a couple like for search engine optimizations i'm a small company i'm looking to okay. to build my seo give me a few tips and tricks uh the number one thing was you need to be blogging okay. every day so think about just all of the topics that you're whatever industry you're in think mm -hmm. about all of the questions that your customers ask your salespeople on a regular basis and write up a blog that would answer each of those questions and publish those every single day wow. because if someone is asking your salesperson that question, someone is going to be searching for that question on 
Google. Makes total and sense. And so just whatever it is, just write whatever your salespeople are going to give. They're already giving them that information for free mm-hmm. when they're talking on the phone. But what you want to do is you want to be blogging and answering those questions and then have some kind of you know content offer that you can give them or some way that you can some kind of call to action that you could put at the end of that blog that would be for them a way for them to get in contact with you i mean the big things are like like a guide if you have like a product guide or something like that that just information about your product that they can download make them give you an email address to get uh, an email address to get it and then you've got their information and that's another lead for your sales team so that would be the big thing I would be blogging every day. And then the other thing would just be make sure that your website is easy to get around. Yeah, Your internal navigation is the most important part of SEO. So you should be able to get to every single page on your website within three clicks. That's like the basic rules. So that's why you see like mega menus now and Mm -hmm. things like that. And that's kind of a big reason for that is it just makes it so much easier for people to get around. And the benefits that you get from good internal linking in the search engine is very important. And if anyone is contacting you about SEO and they're telling you about keywords and selling you on (laughs) rankings and that they're going to like optimize your page with these keywords, Mm -hmm. it's all bullshit. Okay. So it's just, you can just ignore it. It's not, it's not worth the investment that it's going to make. If you're a small business, you'll get much more of out of it by spending your time blogging. Just organically growing it by putting good content out there that people want from you. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. That makes a ton of sense. So in terms of like paid SEO, are there any well, there, tips that you would have? There is, uh, there's no like paid SEO. SEO is strictly organic. It's all non-paid. It's completely separate from like the paid search. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be doing uh, paid search for your business and you've never done it before, uh, you really need to take the Google class on it. It's free to get really? certified. If you don't do it, you're just wasting money. Okay. Like if you don't know what you're doing, it's so easy to just waste a ton of money because you have to look out for, I mean, like Hari kind of explained before, you like start by choosing the keywords that you want to target, mm-hmm. but then there's like four different ways to target those keywords. You can use a phrase match or an exact match or a broad match or broad modified match. And we don't need to get into what sure. each of those means, but it just gets so complicated really fast that if you don't know what you're doing, your ads are going to be showing up for a bunch of irrelevant stuff. Yeah. And you're just going to be pissing money away. Okay. So, so take the Google class for paid. And where, where would people find the class? Um, I, I Google it, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I haven't done it in like eight years, so I don't know where it is. But it's if you just search like the Google AdWords certification, yep. you'll be able Google to find SEM it. Google SEM certification. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good – I mean, it's it's kind of long and mm. not fun. They don't make you pay for it anymore, right. which it's, is nice. So I had to free. I had to pay $50 to take that test oh, wow. a long time ago. But it's a re- it's if you want to do it, that would be the best way – uh, to learn and it would be a I mean you're probably still going to waste some money while mm-hmm. you're learning but it's going to help you at least know how to set it up you know what the second thing that comes up under Google SEM certification the that? answers to the test Google, Google SEM, SEM wife. certification wife <laughs> 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 thanks for running the bit yeah. by, <laughs> by getting it right away so okay so can we jump back into social then because I think that's a really important piece for a lot of people too Um, social media obviously the same thing you're trying to create engagement Um, obviously there's a few different branches there Facebook Twitter Instagram LinkedIn I hate LinkedIn LinkedIn is just garbage it's all it is is just marketing people trying to get other marketing people to talk to them and then random people searching for jobs. Yeah. This That's is embarrassing, it. but I still don't know how to use LinkedIn. Oh, you man. Like, you know what's embarrassing? Knowing how to use LinkedIn. 
There's no <laughs> there's no value to it. like I will go on there once every month and just like a bunch of posts from people that I work with. So they think like I'm in a sales role. So I'll just like a bunch of their posts about our product, and that's pretty much all. I'll, maybe I'll share one every every six months or so. My picture on LinkedIn still looks like I'm 15. <laughs> I feel like like I just haven't updated it in so long. It's like I'm lying on a dating site. <laughs> so first of all, when you're trying to market via social media. Again, we talked a little bit about the the Facebook ads. It's so expensive. I mean, how worth it are they for a small business? I think it just it depends on I mean, it honestly depends on how good you are at it because I mean, I know that we our ads do really well, like for the school where I'm working, but okay. we're also doing what's called uh, remarketing. I don't know if Facebook calls it remarketing or retargeting. Where you go to a different site, but the thing you looked at pops up? Right. And so what we do is we build uh, lists of our all of our contacts. And so you can upload those to Facebook. And so like if you have someone's phone number or their email address, what you can do is you can match the account that you have to like the, their Facebook account and you can start to advertise to people on Facebook that way. So oh, people who've engaged with like your website, you can kind of follow them around on Facebook and Instagram and show ads to them. And now your ads are targeted to people right. who have shown an interest. Right. Oh man. So now they've already, ex- you've already gotten their information from something. So your, you know, your costs are going to be way less and you're going to sure. get much more value out of those ads because you've already, you already know that they're interested. Right. And so you can kind of do that with like if you're just mar- if you have a big page with a big uh, like fan base or something like that you can do that with like promoting to people that like your page. I mean the greatest scam that Facebook ever did was convincing people to go out and spend a ton of money getting people to like their page and then they just immediately killed organic page reach. And so that's really? why you like don't see anything from pages anymore that's- unless you like really actively follow them or it's an ad that's being sponsored. Let's talk about organic Facebook okay. for a second. Do things like adding a link really hurt the reach? The rumor has always, for the uneducated, the rumor has always been that Zuckerberg wants you to pay for those ads, right? Yeah. So if you put like a link to something on a post, yeah. it's going to be seen by So what they people. say is when, when, if you put like the link in the actual post, it's classified as a different type of post in Facebook. It's now a link post mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, uh, I think they just call it a post if it's just text or if you share a video or a poll or something else like that and Mm. the rumor is is that if you add the link in the comments that it tricks facebook i don't actually right i don't i think facebook doesn't know that right i've never talk about it on facebook maybe it worked in 2010 right (laughs) tell them i've never seen numbers that suggest that's actually true okay I th- because Facebook knows that it's you who's like who's commenting. I, part of it is they're trying to trick Facebook's algorithm because it's based on engagement. So if some if someone likes or comments on your post, Facebook goes, "Oh, this is good. We're going to show it to more people, like in your friends list." Right. But if you're commenting on your own post. It's not going to count because Facebook knows that it's just you. It'd be great if that was like Facebook's one blind spot. Like <laughs> we can't do anything about it. If they if you post a link on right after your post, it's going to get through. I, some people say that it works. I've yeah. never seen it. I think that it works for people. If you want your posts to get seen, you just need to regularly post good, engaging things. Mm-hmm. Well, but I also think like I've consistently seen that anytime I shared an event or talked about or linked to an event. Yeah. You tend to get less engagement. And is that because Facebook now wants you to, you know, be spending to advertise those rather than I'm sure I'm sure that it is uh that Facebook I mean cuz that's all they ever want to do is just get you to pay mm-hmm. to advertise things. But I'm not entirely convinced that 
the post type really makes that much of a difference. I think mm. it just comes down to quality and how regularly you are posting. That's interesting. I just got 350 likes on a new headshot. Is that just because <laughs> I'm hot? <laughs> Is that just because, like it's a really hot headshot? Yes. Okay, okay, good. All That's right. what that means. That oh. just means it was a really, really good headshot. That's all just right, a well. bot I set up to make it feel better. <laughs> <laughs> They're all from different Harry Rouse. <laughs> just every comment. Good content. <laughs> I was talking with someone about apple cider vinegar yesterday, and then 20 minutes later, I get on Facebook, and it's like, hey, try these new apple cider vinegar gummies. Like, it's it's incredible what they can do and how quickly they can do it. Well, yeah, because they're, I mean, they're, if you have the Facebook app on your phone, you've basically given them permission to your microphone, and they're just kind of listening to you all the time. That's terrifying. Oh, even all, when you're not using the app? I, that's They're not supposed to, but I don't think anyone actually believes that they I mean, don't do that. We've clearly seen that they just don't give a shit. They're just <laughs> going to do whatever they want. Yeah, we lied about the search. Yeah, they did stuff. just lie, and then they just got like a slap on the wrist. Cause, so like one of the strategies that we use in the few times that we've done uh, Facebook ads, as we're not collecting uh, emails at this point, I've been like, uh, for example, for a craft beer episode, mm-hmm. uh, we did like targeting certain audiences. So like people who show an interest in craft beer mm-hmm. uh, and then around that location. So uh, Jonathan Armour works at the Evanston at, in Peckish Pig. So we, I would choose like a 25 mile radius of that area. Is that a good strategy or do you think like unless you're targeting specifically to people you're remarketing to, it's it, it's it's a lost cause or where, where do you like what's your opinion on that? Uh, 25 miles is probably farther than you need to be um if they have a big following themselves you may be able to actually find them and promote directly to fans of their page already i guess it it just depends on uh how how valuable you know those are to you and whether or not you can get those impressions at a cost that's going to be reasonable and so you need to think about how valuable a subscriber to you is and then you kind of work backward from there to set your budget and determine you know, how um, much you want to spend, like, per click or per thousand impressions, depending on what bidding strategy you're going yeah, to use. Yeah, and that was the other question I had is, do you have uh, an opinion on which kind of strategy tends to work best? It depends on uh, your goal. So if you're just looking for, like, awareness, you're just trying to get people to see, like, the page for your podcast, mm-hmm. and you'd probably want to do uh, CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions. Mm-hmm. And just because that's just based on how many people are seeing your ads. So you're getting your your name out there but if you're going to do something more like a cost uh like you know trying to get actual subscribers or you're trying to do like a page likes ad for your facebook page for the podcast then you would probably want to do cost per click or you know if you actually have like uh something uh, if you were sending people to you know you're like a website where you're trying to get them to actually subscribe direct from the website your best bet would be cost per lead uh, advertising, which then you only pay when someone actually becomes a lead. It makes a lot of sense. But then also, I mean, the other thing is in digital marketing, it's always A-B testing everything. So it's like, yeah. so so what you would do is you would test and you would test those two ad types against each other. One, getting people to like the page and one, you know, sending them directly to like to listen. And then it would just be seeing which one of those actually gets more regular listeners. Makes a lot of sense. One of the things people talk about a lot with social media, especially when it's organic posting, um, is the best times to post, right? And I know they're different based on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and and I've heard different things for those times. Do you have? It's always when your audience is going to be 
using it. So it depends on, you know, what your topic is and what you're trying to get, you know, people interested in. I mean, a good time in general for Facebook is usually like 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning because mm-hmm. people usually check kind of when they first get into work. That's so great. They check the emails and then check Facebook and other stuff. I mean, Twitter is tough because it's just kind of constant. Yeah. So you just need to be like an active presence on there all the time to regularly show up in people's feeds. And Instagram is is uh, different because there's less ads on there. So things have like a much longer uh, life than they do on Twitter and even on Facebook just because there's less stuff. So you could put, you know, like one Instagram post a day and it'll be, you know, you'll be getting engagements on that all day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you put up like a Facebook post and it doesn't get anything right away, you're probably not going to get anything later unless like your mom comes on to <laughs> like it later. God, that sucks that people don't get stuff on their Facebook posts. But it would be like oh. 8.30 to 9, then like after lunch when people come back from work and then, you know, just at, at night, like later, like 7.30, 8 o'clock would probably be the best times. But it always depends on, you know, who your actual you audience is. Jack Baker, one of the things we like to do here, <laughs> that one's James is fine. Let me make that clear. That wasn't like a, a death. Uh, it's just because he knows what's happening next. So one of my favorite parts of the program and our listeners at home and wherever they listen from, I don't really, I'm not there with them. One of our favorite parts of the show is something called Harry's Hot Button. You know Harry. You've met him a little bit. He's a man of controversy. He needs to know what's what. And uh, we just let him have fun with this. So we're going to get into our segment, Harry's Hot Button. Captain's Log, Stardate 2632.2. The Earth's search engine had become so optimized that the planet imploded. Myself and a few survivors boarded the USS Enterprise, powered by Google, in search of new worlds for me to spread my seed and repopulate humankind to boldly smash... Where no one has smashed before. Ooh, that's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Oh, Harry, thank you. All right. Um, Don't thank him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm getting a new Harry. Um, (laughs) You have options. (laughs) There are several. Jack, uh... Is a big point of contention right now in the search engine game um, on this planet, Harry, not the, <laughs> internet, not the globe-trotting version you have. Um, is SEO dead? Is search engine optimization still important for a business? I mean, it's something that people have been, like that topic exactly, is SEO dead, is something that people have been writing about since like 2011, 2012. And the funniest thing to me is there's probably a, a 10,000 articles titled, Is SEO Dead? Oh my dead, God, yeah. All designed for people to click on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, no, no, you idiots, you're doing it. And I, It's not necessarily dead, but uh-huh. it's definitely changed. Like all the things that traditionally people would do to make their websites like appear at the top of the results, they just don't work anymore because it was all tricks and Google's gotten smart enough now to where they don't fall for that. And so like you're not going to rank uh, I mean they just changed the algorithm in September to take away what's called an H1 tag which if you look at your like if you know your HTML that would be like the number one tag the first one that would appear at the top of the page that would be the heading at the top and you used to get value in like the ranking algorithm if you would have like if your keyword if you had a keyword in that H1 tag that matched what was 
you, the user was searching for, you would get like a little bit of a boost. And so mm -hmm. that would be like one of the tricks that people would do to optimize a website. And just in September, Google was like, no, nah, we don't care about that anymore. <laughs> and so it's really not like the traditional like on page SEO is what it was called, where you would like, you know, add your keywords into different parts of like your web page that's kind of dead but what's not dead is would be the blogging and kind of trying to like answer people's questions and actually create helpful content so mm. it hasn't really it's not really dead it's just changed and it's evolving it's, it's evolving. not really the same as you know the traditional seo that i think people still uh think of where you're just trying to game google and i love the sentiment you said earlier that really comes back to that is that if someone's calling you and being like, Hey, we can update your AdWords, like all of those things, <laughs> they're, they're obsolete, right? Like the person who's doing that is it, you're going to waste money. If they're, it's, if yeah, if someone's cold calling you about SEO, it's mm -hmm. all bullshit. It was really weird for me to get out of like the agency side and be on the client side and now listen to these pitches that people do where they're talking about SEO <laughs> because I know when they're bullshitting, yeah. like I know what's wrong. And a lot of the times, like, I know more about this stuff just because I've been doing it longer than, like, the actual, like, SEO, you know, person that they've brought in to, like, explain it to us. I love it. So SEO is alive, but the part of it that is gaming the system, that's the part that's dead. Yeah, now it's just focused on, you know, creating content that's helpful for your audience. And that's good, right? Because yeah. now <laughs> yeah. we're actually, you know, you're, the things that are pulling up are things that you can feel better about being more relevant to what you are looking for. Yeah, I mean, there's mm -hmm. still a lot of crap out there because it is the internet. But sure. I feel like it's, at least in terms of search, it's gotten better and more relevant to what you're actually looking for. Makes sense to me. We want to come back to uh, a couple of key points for me today. But before we do that, uh, let's get to our last segment, three answers, where we go back through those three questions you gave us. And uh, let's see if we were right about anything. I'm guessing no. Question number one, Jack, was? What are the five most popular search engines in the world? Oh, I said, right. we said Google. We said Google. Bing. I think we're right there, Bing. You said Alibaba. All right, don't look at me like that when you say <laughs> it. Did you see the contempt in his eyes? You said Alibaba. Like, you said dog piles, so don't judge <laughs> Alibaba. His mind still exists. And then ask Jeeves. I don't think we went with Jeeves. We went with that Chinese one I couldn't name. Oh. I couldn't remember the name of. Jack, what are the answers? So it's uh, Google, YouTube, Amazon, Facebook, and then Bing. Oh, we, wow. We, we weren't thinking outside the box. Well, once he said that about YouTube, YouTube it clicks it's, for me. And YouTube I was like, is this the might second be. most popular search engine in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. So more people search on YouTube than they do on Bing or, I mean, Ask Jeeves is actually powered by Google now. So like ask.com, if you go to it, it's actually Google that you're seeing the results for just like yahoo is bing they don't have a search engine anymore is there a large chinese search engine or am i just incredibly <laughs> racist no there is and alibaba actually was a pretty good guess they're like the fifth most popular retailer in the world or something like one of the largest retailers okay. in the world but they're not as popular on search as I thought you were going to get to Amazon. I really did. When you said Alibaba, I thought you would get there, but you didn't. I was thinking in terms of just blanket search the web versus like searches. Yeah. I know. I was trying to trick you. That was a pretty good stump. <laughs> I like that. All right. Question number two. All right. So what are Penguin, Panda, and Hummingbird? And I thought there was all kinds of different <laughs> web crawlers, different and, uh Types. It's not a bad guess. It's not, and now, I mean, and I had no clue, so maybe I don't even remember my answers. I made them so, up. So uh, they're just three different changes to Google's search algorithm. Every mm -hmm. time Google releases like a big change to their algorithm, it is a big deal in the internet marketing community. <laughs> big day for Jack Baker. It kind of fucks Wakes up, up <laughs> my whole day. 
but Penguin was, I think, in 2012, maybe. Okay. Uh, but that was a change where they updated their algorithm to basically penalize people that were doing link schemes. So that's all the stuff with like buying the Russian links that we talked mm-hmm. about earlier. So if you if you were doing that, Google one day was like, now nah, you're penalized, and it fucked over a whole lot of companies. I think it was J.C. Penney. There was one store that just got blacklisted yeah. from Google because of it. Ah. So that was that uh, Panda was uh, they they started penalizing really thin websites. So people kind of I think what Hari explained a little bit before is one idea is you just like put a bunch of pages on your website about like with uh, stuffing you know this keyword writing it on your page Bradley Cooper's wife like ten times, <laughs> but no actual value there. Yeah, that was stopped under Panda, which was I think 2011, and then Hummingbird was uh, the changed their algorithm where they. Uh, actually were able to start understanding the meaning behind searches instead of just keyword matching. Mm -hmm. So if you search for like refrigerator repair, for example, now they know that you're looking for a repairman as opposed to in the past where they would just take refrigerator. And so you would see a bunch of ads for like new refrigerators and things like that. So, And then question number three. What is black hat SEO? I I thought it was was like the dark web Mm-hmm. Searching the dark web for illegal stuff. That's not true because the dark web is just all of the internet that's not indexed by search <laughs> engines. That's fair. Um, I did not know that, um, and I thought it was kind of. I feel like you were you were getting on the right track. I was using like, I, like thinking kind of what you were talking about before, using unsavory methods yeah. to. Uh, that was all the pe- it was all the stuff that people used to do to try and trick Google into ranking their website higher. So you were pretty close on that one. I think that's correct. Is how I would say that. <laughs> I think it was pretty close. Give you I was a B right. plus. All right, I'll take it. All right, we got one. Good. I'm going to remove all those likes from your picture. <laughs> <laughs> Get all the hurries. Um, so a few key things to wrap this up again. So when we talk search engine, um, BSing it doesn't really help anymore. The number one thing is to create good content and do it as often as possible. Yeah, right and now. always always think about how what you're doing is helpful to your customers. That's a great Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. Would you say in terms of page strategy that that one of the, the best things that you could do is capture people's emails? Anytime you can get information about, you know, potential customers is a good thing because you can use that to market to them in different areas. So if yeah. you got, you know, their uh, email from your website, you can follow them or you can use that to follow them around. You can show up in their Gmail. You can show up, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter and all those other things. So... Collecting information, especially yeah. email addresses, is a big key. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, people do give fake email addresses all the time. Of course. But that's you know, what you my just... hotmail address is for. <laughs> right. That's, that's a lot of people. They have a separate email where all the junk goes. God, I've had some bad email addresses <laughs> over the years. Anytime somebody gives me their hotmail address, I feel like I'm getting a fake number. <laughs> I had an email address, I swear to God, that was at epimp.com. <laughs> it was an actual it was an actual mail server back in like the early two thousands that like some guys I worked with used and I was like, Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was not. Uh, feel gross even saying that. Big Jim at epim.com. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that cool. Um, so, and then for paid, uh, one of the things that really stuck with me, Jack, is make sure you know what you're looking for. Either cost per thousand or cost per click or cost per like, and really tracking it to make sure that you're using everything. Yeah, I mean, once you're actually in, you know, the platform, they'll do, they'll track a lot of that stuff for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll calculate that all for you. But you just need to know going into it how much that customer is worth 
to you so, how so that much you can you set your spend. budget and you can figure out how much is actually worth it and you can determine whether or not it's worth it for you to even do that. When it comes to social media, again, content is king. Right? Yep. Good, putting out good, relatable content often is the most important thing. Uh, if you're going to do Google AdWords or anything like that, you want to make sure you take that course first. <laughs> yeah, that would be step one. Jack, uh, this has been incredibly helpful. Thank you very much. Um, uh, Jack's also a very funny comedian. Jack, where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to plug today? Uh, just uh, Twitter and Instagram at Team Jack Baker. And then I run the show the fourth Saturday of every month. If you're ever out in Joliet, go by the Drunken Donut for Shots and Giggles. It's a great oh, wow. show. I did it a couple months ago. It's uh, one of my favorites. Awesome. Nice. Jack, I cannot thank you enough for being here today. Yeah, thank you, Jack. I learned a lot. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I learned quite a bit. I know it's, uh, it's an important topic to a lot of people. When yeah. we talk about uh, digital marketing, search engines, social media, all that stuff. Sure, important to us. I mean, we you know we're trying to grow this. It's it's uh, great to get a professional feedback on what you know strategies that we can employ to to spread the word. I think it's important to know that I've done a terrible job on our website, and uh, <laughs> we need to get. Uh, we I mean, we just kind of half-assed through something together uh, with the help of the wonderful Vince Carone, but I need to build it from there. We need to figure out what we're doing there. Um, but no, it's it's really good stuff. I learned quite a bit. One of the last things that Jack said that really stuck with me is anything you're putting up there, like make sure you're, you're asking yourself the question, how is this important for my customer? You know what I mean? Like you really have to put anything you're putting out there, you want to put in their shoes. You want to be, what, what do they want from this? So... Good stuff. Uh, thank you guys for listening as always. If you enjoyed the podcast, do us a favor. Give us a rating and a review. You can see how important that stuff is. Uh, follow us on social media. Let us know what you think. Reach out. Uh, we're always looking for great guests on different topics. If you have something you or someone you know you think can teach us, or if you have anything that you want to learn about, reach out to us on all over social media at Podcast WDWK. If you know anything about Bradley Cooper's wife, <laughs> if you do, drop us a message. If you are Bradley Cooper's wife, we'd love to have you on. Um, I don't know if she's a fan, but... We still don't know if Bradley Cooper is actually married. He's not. He's not? Wasn't he, though? I feel like he was. I think he was engaged. Maybe that, and then... And then Lady Gaga got her mitts in there. <laughs> he got all goo-goo oh, for man. Gaga, yeah. and then everything. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Woo! Topical. Um, God. Uh, you know how I bet you could learn about this? Google Bradley Cooper's wife. <laughs> I bet you could. And I'm going to plug it one more time. Uh, again, if uh, you are interested in coming and seeing me do stand-up comedy, I am going to be recording an album at Zanies in Rosemont the first weekend of March. Uh, go to zanies.com to find out which shows are the album recording. And... Uh, I'm really excited. I am too. I can't thank you guys enough for uh, for listening to us. Um, big shout out to James Webb, by the way, uh, for, listen, we always, everyone talks about James' accomplishments in the comedy oh, community, God. but today, James Webb fixed his heater. I did. Oh, man. <laughs> and I've never felt like more of a man, boys. James Webb just doing HVAC work as we're walking That's in. That's right. Very impressed. I mean, the guy is a jack of all trades. I mean, if you want to learn about uh, yeah. heating and air conditioning, <laughs> I could do an episode. We'll do on a little that, mini-sode. That's yeah. great. He taught me about the igniter earlier today. Yeah. It was uh, it was good stuff. So big shout out to James's dogs. Yeah, who appeared on the podcast. Oscar and Jericho they certainly did. They're gonna get a talking to. No, Oscar and Jericho are favorites on the podcast. Uh, you've got you've got a zoo up there, don't you? I do. What else do you have? You there's have a, there's a guinea pig named a guinea pig? Hubert Farnsworth Hubert. up there. Hubert. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and and my wife. All right. So, <laughs> so if you ever Google James Webb's wife, <laughs> hell yeah! If you Google James Webb, James Webb's wife's gonna come up. She dated Bradley Cooper for a while. <laughs> 
That's a great way to wrap this up. Uh, for Harry Rao and James Webb at the People of Comedy Network Studios, I'm Jim Flanagan, and this is What Do We Know. Hero.